Welcome to Utopian AF, the podcast, where we discuss new topics involving our current world and how we can make things better. This week, we'll continue our discussion, the death penalty. I'm your host, Patrick. And I'm your host, John. And we welcome you to another episode of Utopian AF, the podcast. So, John, what did we talk about last week? Last week, we talked about the death penalty. We talked about how it exists today. And we currently still use the death penalty, if you didn't notice. I had not. But it seems like it is slowly being weeded out. And long story short, the big question we had was, does the death penalty actually deter crime? And according to the statistics, it actually doesn't. I was actually surprised, to be honest. Right. Even though I and mostly against the death penalty, I was still expecting it to have an impact on crime. But alas, no. It doesn't. And if you'd like to learn more about that, go check out our last episode. I see what you did there. That's very clever of you. It was, right? (laughs) I got a brain, and it's gone. So this week, we have two different paths to examine. Path A would be those in favor of the death penalty in utopia and what warrants the death penalty in utopia right how would you use the death penalty in a utopian society and the other side to that is if we decide that there is no place in utopia for the death penalty then what do we do about those crimes that are so extreme that they may warrant it eloquent way of putting it john i read a book We're going to do this a little bit different than our first series because we like to mix it up. We're going to discuss how we get to where we need to go all in this episode. So, John, when we concluded last time, I think we had said that we're both kind of mostly against having the death penalty in Utopia. But Uh, when it comes down to it, I think we kind of agreed that a utopian society, the ideal is to not have a death penalty. Right. Although we both kind of have trouble thinking about there just not being a death penalty for extreme, extreme crimes. So when we talk about utopia, I would I would still say there isn't a place for it, even though I still personally have trouble believing it myself. Yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow for sure. Right. That will turn the better. Right. And that is exactly better than ourselves, better than us, better than today. That is the goal of this podcast is to figure out how we can do it better. Right. Let's talk about if we decide to abolish the death penalty for utopia. Okay. um, What are some alternatives? Obviously, there's life in prison. Are we applying that question to all offenses that warrant? The death penalty today. I'm going to look up real quick just to see what offenses typically warrant the death penalty. I would imagine murders on there, right? I would imagine so. I think we were pretty confident in that answer. Here we go. Treason. Treason's the first one that popped up. Not topical at all. I'm going to speak directly from the heart. I think that's some bullshit. Treason is literally like you're not with us, you're against us. And if you're against us, you're dead. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate on this. If you're a member of a group, treason essentially is you going against the group, right? Right. So do you not think that 
like we're thinking of a group that's 320 million if we're talking just America. But let's think of a smaller group. Okay. So let's say you're a group of five. I don't know. Let's say you're a group of five criminals and one of you turns on the other four by giving up all the information to the police. In that scenario, now, that may not be the best scenario because right, I'm advocating criminals. crime. Um, I was thinking more along the lines of you have rules and laws, whatever. This is the way we have chosen. This is the perspective we have chosen to exist in. And you simply do not believe in that perspective and you believe in a perspective outside of that or you find a flaw in that perspective, such as let's say your society condones slavery. Right. And you turn against society by freeing slaves and then you get charged with treason. You're being killed for having a different perspective, essentially. Yeah. To me, that is not a reason to kill someone. Even if they act on it, it's like, I don't know. That's not, I, that's just control. That's just a way to control people. I would say that life in prison seems more apt for something like treason. But I think the point is, in terms of that sentencing in particular, is that if you look at the death penalty as being a deterrent, then you going against your own group should be met with something potentially equally severe to murder because you could be putting your group in harm's way. All right, let me put it this way. Have you seen Captain America Civil War? That's the one where he's fighting Iron Man? Yes. Now, Captain America committed treason. Son of a bitch. The reason he committed treason was because he was learning things about the system he was a part of that went against his morals and went against what he stood for. Now, do you think Captain America deserves to die for that? Because according to this, he does. I feel like that's a gray, like a very slippery slope because well, essentially treason is a very slippery slope, but it's a slippery slope from your side, not necessarily the other side. You're saying that Steve Rogers, for example, was right in his treason. Not it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just that, like, there is a disagreement there. And but I think you could, should I, be brought. I think you could argue, though, that there is a right and wrong there, right? Well, OK, I'm trying to think of an example where it's like. Treason, in many cases, goes along with like terrorism. It's not always that the terrorist or the person committing treason is just a bad person. Right. I mean, honestly, in a lot of cases, it's really not that. Here's a good example. Snowden. Okay. Snowden committed treason. Right. But what was his treason? He was a whistleblower on the fact that the government was basically spying on everyone through our technology or what have you. But if he tells, and I don't know all the specifics of who he told and why they, why they specifically claim treason, didn't he sell, did he sell the information to WikiLeaks? I don't know. Anyway, point is he accessed government systems and just because he picked out the good stuff doesn't mean he didn't fit the role of somebody who committed treason. You know what I mean? Let's say that Edward Snowden had nefarious acquaintances and was coerced into stealing nuclear launch codes. You would think he was guilty of treason then, wouldn't you? The question you just asked is whether or not I would think he's guilty of treason. The whole point I'm trying to make is the fact that it's so loose, it's all based on perspective. 
you're telling me that a person could be murdered for this. What I'm saying is this. This, I'm is not, no, this is no different than witch trials, in my opinion. This is like saying, okay, look, hey, we've all decided that we're going to be Christian community and blah, blah, blah. And this is the way it's going to be. Women are supposed to be this way. You know, the men are the leaders, whatever. In the right. moment, like women go into the woods and start studying paganism and being like, we don't need men to run our lives. We just want to be free and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, nope, that's treason. We're going to hang you. Burn them at the stake. They're witches. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Everybody agrees to it. So therefore, they're the bad guy. This is the problem I have with treason because it's perspective-based. It's not reality-based. I would say that for a lot of people that go through the legal system, they feel like it's perception-based and not reality-based. Sure, but murder is like a different thing. If somebody straight up kills somebody, that act of murder is reality. We can all agree that this person chose to kill that person. It's murder. Now, we can look at the details. We can go deeper into it to try to understand the event more. And then that might sway our opinion on it, but we'll still agree that it is an act of murder. So here's what I would say about treason in Utopia. I don't think that, well, first off, I don't think treason in any current or future state should warrant the death penalty. Right. And that's all I'm saying. I do think, though, that there are cases where it could result in life in prison. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. And that, that's, that's all I was obviously, saying. you know, that really depends on the story itself and what the outcome was. What if the person committed treason because they realized that the government was actually the one in some way, shape or form committing treason? Not the government. Right. Um, let's see. So murders, obviously, one of the reasons why you would get capital punishment. Um, we're going to skip that one because that's obvious. We talked about all kinds of murder in the last episode. <laughs> it says murder related to continuing criminal enterprise or drug trafficking of so like if you are robbing a house and somebody accidentally gets killed it's not that you had the intention to murder them so killing somebody for one reason or another depending on the case yeah to your point it still falls under murder i'm trying to see if there's anything else like drug trafficking like if you're going to get the death penalty just for having too many drugs i'm pretty sure i think it's the philippines where like if you are caught with drugs they can sentence you to death there See, that's insane. And I think that's a recent, they recently enacted that. Oh, uh, last episode, we talked about Amnesty International. There was another statistic I meant to mention in that episode, but Amnesty International was started in 1977. And the number of countries that had banned or had abolished the death penalty was less than 20. But that number has since, here it is. It says uh, 16 countries had totally abolished the death penalty. That number has increased to 108, I think, as of 2021. So there is a trend worldwide that countries are abolishing the death penalty. But with that said, there are other countries that are like, mm, oh, you, you like marijuana? Death. Yeah, that's insane. But I'm going to play devil's advocate again. Okay. Why do you think? those countries assign the death penalty for drugs? I don't know. My only answer would be control somehow. I would say that there's a high likeliness that those countries view drugs as a means of people dying. And so by you distributing those drugs, you are contributing to the death of others. Okay. But the same could be said for selling bullets. Yeah. 
I'm not saying that drugs are good, so they shouldn't be punishable or anything like that. I'm saying that in no way, shape, or form do I see it as something that should be capital punishment. And the okay. reason why is yeah. because you can't control what people do with drugs. And I'm not saying it shouldn't even be illegal, especially with you know most drugs that are out there and such. Hold on. This one was interesting. A lot of these are murder in the degree of this, murder in the degree of that. So yeah. Murder is murder. This one, wait, where did it go? One of them was like, okay, destruction of aircraft, motor vehicles, <laughs> or related facilities resulting in death. So never mind. Um, oh, so back to murder. I thought, yeah, back to murder. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like it's mostly murder, which makes sense. Well, this one says espionage. That could lead to murder. Is that like, yeah, it's what spies. exactly? Spying. What is it? Spying. Spying? Yeah. So spying. So I guess that falls in with like treason somehow, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So I don't think that's one that should be murdered. If you take like James Bond as the example, right? Like if he he's British and he comes over to America and he starts stealing American government documentation. Yeah, but is that punishable by death? I mean it is, but again, you could cause the again, death of other people though with that information. At the same time, if we're talking about utopia, then we're also probably going to be getting to the point that information is a thing that should just be free anyway and such. I don't know if information is a thing that anybody should be killed over, but... That's a tough one. I could be wrong. That's my personal, and honestly, I don't even feel wavered on it, but that's just me. Let's see. More murdered, genocide. I'm looking for anything that's not murder. Murder during a kidnapping. Murder, murder on top of murder. Yeah, I'm just seeing a lot of death. There's treason again. So it looks like aside from treason and espionage, it's all pretty much resulting in the death of someone else. I mean, so then we're back to eye for an eye, right? Basically, the idea is in Utopia, if you were going to condone the death penalty, I would say murder is like the only qualifying case, potentially. Potentially, we'll say that. Okay, let's say there's cases in which murder occurred. One of the arguments is that the system for putting people on death row in different countries is unfair and unbalanced. So the more money you have, you know, we talked about this the first episode. The more money you have, the less likely you're probably going to end up on death row. So the question then is, if we say, if you murder somebody, you are basically able to be put on death row. How would we do that? And maybe this is more of like a legal system question when we talk about revamping our legal system, which is inevitable for our podcast. Yeah, that would be a huge part of the transition into utopia. There are certainly countries who their process may be questionable. There's a very big country that's portrayed as a country that's like, we don't like you, so we're going to tweak the legal system to make this work. And guess what? You're dead. So I think the United States might be a good example of a system that at least tries to portray itself as fair. But even we convict innocent people. So oh, yeah. when we talk about utopia having a death penalty, we're also going to have to at least acknowledge that the current system may be flawed for how somebody gets on death row. We're talking about the entire world. We're not talking about just America. Yeah. If capital punishment 
was going to be a factor, it would require extreme qualifications. Right. And one of the reasons, like you said, is to avoid innocent people being put on death row. I'm curious how many people were later found innocent. Did we ever find that? No, I don't think so. I would say that if we're going to have the death penalty, hopefully rarely ever used, extreme cases only, what do you think the way we go about doing that? I would say probably like, would we go painless route? The Constitution says that we have the right to basically be treated like human beings. So no waterboarding. Right. The Eighth Amendment says that excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. And I know in a lot of death penalty cases, one of the things they say is the method of executing the death penalty is inhumane. That's one of the legal arguments that gets made. I think it was Oklahoma, their lethal injection program, an inmate on death row got a couple stays of execution. I forget who it was. So they stopped the execution because of the drug, the types of drugs they were using in lethal injection. But here's my question. Here's what I don't understand. You're already going to die. At what point is it humane versus inhumane? I would probably say whether it's painless or not, whether it would be considered torturing. Okay. What do you think would be an example of a humane way? I don't know that much about lethal injection. I don't know if that is painful experience or not. I would imagine something where you put them to sleep first, where they're actually asleep. And then it's the same thing they do with like dogs. You put them to sleep and then while they're asleep, they get the second injection that just slows their heart rate and just... I think the way they do it is kind of like that, where they shut down the different systems of the body. Side note, random fact, when I was looking up the number of possibly innocent people that have been executed, they basically don't know for sure what that percentage is. But what I did find is that since 1976, there have been 1,558 people executed in the United States. And I think Texas is numero uno. Imagine that. I mean, it's a pretty big state. Sorry, back to your question. How would we put people to death? It would have to be humane you're already taking this person's life let them die with some dignity I don't you don't really I... get anything out of torturing a person before they die other than mm-hmm. your own personal satisfaction right. and i don't think personal satisfaction is something that should be taken over humanity i'm kind of torn on that because we talked about Dahmer in the first episode right the family of that boy was it the brother the one who was like 14 yeah i feel like they deserve some retribution i guess like but are you really getting it that is the big question i think whatever you get in the short term is you know it's a fleeting moment it's not going to bring your loved one back for sure pretty much guarantee that and we're already kind of rectifying the situation by saying this person is no longer a member of the society and we're making sure of that i would agree that it doesn't need to be painful But at the same time, I would say it doesn't need to be not painful. I think the goal should be if you can create a painless way of putting someone down and you're in a practice of putting people down for whatever reason, I think it should be there. Okay. And I understand what you're saying about people might want a sense of revenge or something like 
get their last little you in there, you know, and I get it. At the same time, I feel like if you offer that, you're kind of encouraging that emotion. And right. that emotion is already what leads to a lot of the world's problems. Yeah, we're kind of stuck in the cycle. In the utopian society, we have to elevate right. our level of thinking. Right. right now, our level is thinking eye for not. Right. If you exists in a utopian society that has a capital punishment uh, and someone murders someone you love and receives the capital punishment and it's already in place that this is the process if someone deserves it they're going to be put down peacefully and that's it that's how it works and everybody's on that page i find it hard to believe that a lot of people would still just spend the rest of their life being like i wish they had pain i wish that person would have died in pain i feel like once the person's gone, either way, you have to learn to move on with life and kind of accept what happened because you can't change it. I don't think any kind of resentment is going to help you really get through it. Right. I think what's going to help you get through it is peace. All of the topics we'll cover in this podcast, they're all interconnected. So theoretically, if you're changing how the economy works and you're changing housing and you're changing you know, education and all that stuff, yeah. if you're changing all that stuff, the idea behind revenge may kind of go away on its own. Well, yeah, I think that was the point I was trying to make. I don't think I worded it very well, but yeah, that is the idea. If you're, you're creating a society that elevates peace and that elevates understanding and that elevates reason, then by doing that, when you're put into a scenario where capital punishment is now required, even if you're a family member of a victim or something, you're still going to feel something humane for that person. I'm really hoping that a utopian society is a more compassionate one. <laughs> right. Ultimately, that's what I'm trying to say. We talked about utopia with the death penalty. Let's talk about utopia without the death penalty. We kind of already started down this path, but utopia without a death penalty. We'll need some kind of alternative for those scenarios. Someone commits murder. What do you do with them? You're not going to kill them. What do you do? It goes back to the question, do the, you think that people can be rehabilitated or do you think that the justice system is a tool for punishment. And I think it's still a gray area for both of us because we can see situations that could reduce the number of people committing crimes. By other means. Yeah. I still think there are going to be people who commit murder for the hell of it. Yeah. But if we say as utopia yeah, we're not going to do the death penalty thing. And then I think what we would have to replace that with is, like I mentioned in the first episode, probably life in prison with a focus on not necessarily preparing them to go back into society. Yeah. But prepare them to be part of a society. Uh, to continue some form of personal evolution. Right. I agree to that. Like you said, whether or not they could be rehabilitated, I think it's really just up to the person. Anybody could be rehabilitated. I also think you're going to have people that refuse rehabilitation and that just won't do it. I think they'll both exist. If I were to guess, I would honestly say with the right guidance, I think most people 
would find a path to rehabilitation in some form. But as long as prison is a place where you just throw people in a hole with other shitty people and it's just intended to be punishment, then you're not going to rehabilitate anybody because you're just encouraging that mentality. I like the idea of putting the criminal population in an area in which, okay, let me back up. Think of it like America today, right? Let's say Illinois is the prison state. Create like a no man's land. Not necessarily a no man's land, but a society that has stricter rules that is still part of the bigger society, but has limited interaction with it. So basically you take the entire state of like, let's say Rhode Island. We turn Rhode Island into the new like quarantine for criminals area or whatever. Right. You know, like Australia. This is where the lifers go. And basically you have a society there where these people make license plates all day or whatever the case, you know, like it was something that contributes to society, right. but without, like you said, without being a part of society. And, and I agree. They could be there writing books about, you know, whatever it is their perspective is just for the sake of understanding. I don't know. There's probably reasons why none of this has been done. I think there's an opportunity for people to be rehabilitated. And if I had to throw a percentage out there, I'd probably say 80% of cases. Yeah, I do think it would be on the higher side. I think the lower side is what you would probably call like truly evil people. Right. They're just driven by hate. And they just want to see destruction. And that's what they're about. And those people, you know, they're probably lost causes. Yeah. But if you're going to treat 100% of the people that way, simply because 20% of them are that way, then you're it's contributing a bit extreme. to the problem. Because it's a bit extreme and it's not doing anything to solve crime. Right. One of the things that I've read or heard before is people who go to prison, it's like going to crime school. Because, like, you're in right. there with other people, right? Right. Most people who come out of prison just end up going back because they don't know what else to do. Like, that that's all they know now. I think the percentage is something like 60 or 70% of first-time offenders that come out of prison end up back there. And the more you do it, the more that's home. Imagine if people actually were rehabilitated let's even step aside from like capital punishment type crimes just anything if you can do proper rehabilitation with people i think rehabilitated criminals would have a bigger impact on helping to prevent crime if you have you know those scared straight kids they don't listen to their parents they don't listen to society they don't listen to anybody but you put them in a room with someone who's done hard time and messed up their life and they'll tell you dude i was wrong i was an idiot you're wrong you're an idiot don't be me that could i think hold a bigger impact on people i i think there is something there i love that people don't really listen to the people that say don't be like me they're like oh well you made mistakes and you're admitting it right i got no time to listen to you They'd rather listen to people who had it handed to them. In a utopian society that doesn't have the death penalty, I definitely think the focus shifts from being punitive to rehabilitation in the majority of cases. I do think, to your point, there's probably still somewhere like the 20% or whatever that are just born to be bad. And in that scenario, 
I still think that they are people. You know what I mean? Oh, they're, yeah, they're definitely people. I mean, I don't know. This is a very hard one to say if people are just born to be bad. I can think of people in my life that just, man, never were really anything other than just that so from an early age. Right. I don't like saying some people are just born to be bad because it's kind of writing people off before they have a chance to even change or do anything else. I feel like a lot of people have written me off just because of what I was born into. I totally understand because I've also seen people that really aren't going to change and they were just always that way. When you write people off, you're kind of like forcing that negative stereotype to the point where they start believing it about themselves, right? Right. And then once they get to that point, they start thinking, well, then what's the point of even trying to be better? Yeah. Back to your example of the test. If I know I'm going to not do as good as this person and I'm not even going to complete the thing, why am I going to try? Right. I got no chance. You're telling me I have no chance. Right. And then you're going to punish me when I believe you and then react to it. I mean, that almost just seems like logic. Seems like it. So out of the two, though. Having the death penalty versus not, which do you lean towards, John? I don't know, man. Every five minutes, I'm changing it. Because first, I'm like, obviously, it's utopia. The idea is to make things more evolved and more enlightened. And we, you know, you and I, we don't live in a utopia. We live in a pretty solid dystopia. So it's like we have dystopian perspectives. So even if I were to say, well, we'd have to have the death penalty for something, I can't trust that instinct because that could just be the dystopian in me thinking there are some lost causes that I can't come up with an answer to and death is the answer. I'm probably wrong. And anybody making a decision on that level, I always have like a a, maybe an unhealthy level of distrust for people in those positions to make the right decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would say I do too. But at the same time, the idea of there not being any kind of a contingency plan that is kind of scary. Right. But then again, that could just be because of my perspective. I tend to lean more towards the abolitionist point of view. If we talk about utopia and we talk about wanting to be better, I think it's going to be very difficult to say you're a enlightened group of people if you still resort to using the death something as primal as murdering somebody yeah the last thing i was gonna say on this point is that i think that we are still very early on into mental health i think there's so much about why or how people think that we haven't studied or we we don't understand It's very difficult to condemn them to die only to find out later on in 10, 20, 30 years that, oh, well, this is a common mental health disorder that could be treated. We could potentially end serial killers. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like the statement I made earlier about it's trying to take our dystopian perspective and imagine a utopian perspective. But by the time you get to that point, certain things like mental health would be taken into consideration. Right. So like a lot of these things, we're talking about like, man, should this person get killed for this or not? We could talk about it for hours. But the thing is with the right evolution of mental 
health, education practices, you name it. It will probably resolve these issues to the point that nobody even has to talk about them anymore. It sounds extreme. It sounds crazy, but honestly- You know what our next episode should be? What's that? AI. You know why? AI agree. AI agree. Shut up. AI has the chance to advance in those areas to start mapping the human brain and emotional responses, things of that nature. Who knows? Within- a few years of just mapping out our stuff and having something like artificial intelligence coming up with answers that we just haven't even come up with yet. And who knows? We might be able to look at problems in a completely different way where things that seem so unresolvable are now just like, oh, shit, we should have just did this. How did we not know that? Because we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. It is our curse. So the path to how we get from our current society that values the death penalty as an effective tool in crime deterrence and punishment. I think it's not a simple black and white cut and dry issue, right? Because there's severity in the crime and there is the desire to do better. When we think about how do we get from point A to point C or D or whatever the point is going to be how do we get from point a to point b we use that analogy a lot i think every episode we talk about from a to b a to b we got to come up with some better analogies how do we go from the chicken to the egg i don't know we'll figure it out (laughs) how do we get there how do we get to utopia i'm gonna throw it out there i think the utopian version would be one where the victim is getting some relief from their pain, where we are considering the fact that there are circumstances beyond just a person's way of thinking, things like socioeconomics, et cetera. I think we just have to improve all of those areas, right? Yeah. I think we're on the way because like you said, the numbers are dropping. People are getting rid of the death penalty. According to the list I was looking at, it seems like really the only thing that's going to earn you the death penalty is murdering somebody. And I think that's good that there's not a bunch of other things on the list. I still think treason and espionage is a little questionable. I understand why one would think it needs to be there, but I still think it's very flimsy. And I think if we hang on to the death penalty a little bit, just start taking away more reasons why you get it is a start. I think eventually we'll get to a point where we'll just realize we don't really need it anymore. Yeah. It's kind of where phased, I'm at. Just sort of phasing it out. It seems like we could do better, you know? Like, yeah. There are better ways. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I'd love to know what our audience thinks, you know, pro death penalty, not pro death penalty in what utopia. What cases do you think death penalty is warranted? Right. And how do you think it should be executed? Do you think the death penalty has a place in utopia? Do you think it's something we should stray away from? I'd love to hear your answers. I would love to hear uh, them As you could tell, I can't quite come up with it. I don't know. I'd say most of me is like, okay, I think we need to get rid of it. But there's a part of me that is scared to get rid of it. Honestly, it's just fear, I guess. Right. It's just the, the idea that it's not there kind of makes it feel like that 20%, they now have a free reign. But we've already proven that it doesn't really make a difference to crime anyway. Right. So it's really just there to make you feel better. And I don't know if that should be 
encouraged anymore. But let us know your thoughts. Last thing I'm going to say, John. Yes. When I'm looking at you on camera and the way your lighting is, all I'm seeing is like half your face. So, you know, those illusions where it's like, is the person looking straight or to the side? That's what that's what you got going on right now. Got that lazy eye. It's looking at the wall. But the other one's looking at you. It's like, (laughs) are you staring at me? I can't tell. Norman. (laughs) All right. So tune in next episode. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram as well. Utopian AF, the podcast. And let us know what you think. Leave us likes, comments. Feedback, feedback. We want the feedback. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to hear your thoughts. We could talk our thoughts all day, but uh, we're just going to keep going in circles until you throw us a bone. Right. Help us help you help us. Right. That's how that goes. All right. Until next time. Adieu. 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 Thanks for tuning in to Utopian AF, the podcast.